Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, um, my name is Nicole Cabrera. I grew up with dogs, so when I was about five years old, We had our first dog in a family and I started doing agility with our dog when I was about 14 years old and she was a shepherd, a Belgian shepherd and that was also about the same time I fell in love with the American Staffordshire Terrier. So there I started um, had my own interest in dogs in general so i started to look up some breeds and when i met dogs i I became interested in how their character is and such things and that's when i fell in love with them stuff and since then i just always tried to find out more about them and looked up breeders in my area but it took nearly 10 years till um, I've been able to get an American Staffordshire Terrier on my own because before there was not not the right time for it. I knew these dogs would need time and space and that I will do something with them. I always wanted to have dog um, to do dog sports. So I knew while I've been to school and we had three other dogs at the time, it's just not the right setup for a dog. So it took some time to the new, now is the right time to get an own dog. And this was then um, when I moved with my boyfriend and at first he didn't want an American Staffordshire Terrier so I told him he had to pet one and stuff. And then if he decides he doesn't want one, we look for another breed. But <laughs> as I thought it would be, when he met them, he just fell in love as well as I did. Mm-hmm. And so we talked to a breeder and she was the breeder of my first dog, Karma. Karma was uh, a dog like one in a million. She was my dream. She was beyond everything I could imagine before. She's been close to me. She's been um, quite empathic and always wanted to do anything with her humans. So she loved to cuddle at home and when you took her to dog school or you took her for a walk or you took her to the mountains. She's always been like, yeah, let's do something. But at home, this quite chilled, relaxed dog. Mm -hmm. So she was nearly perfect. (laughs) And um, we had to 
let her go quite early because she's been sick. And that is how I got Tali. Um, because it was it was clear we can't stay without a dog. Mm -hmm. And it was clear it has to be an end step as well. Again, so we met Tali first time when she was five weeks old, I think. And there was this little dog just like like a terrier. She she just showed what she wanted. And she's been this this whole litter was playing and working and she's been just within them and looked at me and uh, I knew she's the right one. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how I got her. And sometimes later she showed me she will be a good mother as well. So it was quite early when she was about 10 weeks old when she started to... Um, when other dogs in the dog school in puppy class started to put up a fight, she wanted to separate them. And this was something she always did. She always got this behavior like a mother, although oh, she was a puppy herself. You just had this feeling. And so um, my best friend is a breeder. We talked about it and decided okay, we will do a little. I will move with Tali to her. And she was just just such a good mother as I thought she would be. And that's how I became uh, Sora as well. So Sora is the typical working dog. Mm -hmm. She She's also nice at home. She also loves to cuddle, she loves to stay close to humans, and she's especially uh, good with kids. She She's um, quite soft with kids, but when it's about working, she, she just got fire. Hmm. So now I have these two girls, and I will have my next litter, uh, my first litter, sorry. Um, within the next months, we're waiting for Tali to get in heat, and then I will have my first litter on my own. Um, Tali is doing mostly rally obedience. It's a work where um, it's it's good for a round off. You have to do some. Um, heel work, but not as long as in classical um, dog sports, but quite uh, every about 10 steps, you have to do something. And she's doing classic uh, dog sports like heel work and things like that also. And blurt pole for hobby. And Tali, uh, Sora is doing protection work with me. And um, I don't know the English word for it. It's called Stöbern, um, looking for for uh, small objects, uh, finding by nose work. This is both are doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like everywhere in Europe, if you do protection work with the dog for sport, you have to do. Um, 
Classic Unterordnung and um, nose work as well. So Zora mm-hmm. is doing this as well. And yeah, so quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, we are about three times a week in dog school mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, when I think about the Belgian Shepherd uh, I grew up with, Mara was a great dog. I really loved her, but she was always like, um, she she seemed like she had to do this. And if you have an Amster instead, it it's like they don't need you. They they're with you because they want to be with the humans. They always like this. I work with you because I want to work with you. And if the terrier doesn't want to work with you, it just doesn't do it. And I, I always loved this kind of feeling. This was one of the things that really fascinated me. Um, this, this feeling they want to do this. And the other part is you can do anything with them. They will follow you to the edge of the world. They do anything for you. They will work for you. They will um, do sports. They will go for example, carnie crossing, Sora is doing this as well. But when you're at home, they just stop. Mm-hmm. And they can be relaxed and they can be cuddle, just cuddle up with you and be happy with being close to you. Mm-hmm. And I really love this because I'm as well, I want to do something and then I want to calm down again. Mm-hmm. And they are just doing this with you. The American Staffordshire Terrier can be one of the strongest and one of the softest dogs at the same time. And I, I love this. I think no other dog can can do this two sides just as soon as a, as an Amstead can do it. Mm-hmm. She, for example, Sora. When I do some protection work with Sora, she's She's really strong. You have to be uh, very fast to work with her at a good level. And then I give my six-year-old nephew the flirt pole, and she will work with him as well. And she will be soft, and she can uh, let my my nice, who is two years old, uh, can let her win in tug of war. Mm-hmm. So you know she's stronger. But when she knows there's a human being that can't handle this strongness, she also can be soft as well. Mm-hmm. And this is what I love about the American Staffordshire Terrier. The history is, I would say it's a dark history, but it made up a lot of good things. The American Staffordshire Terrier originated, the dogs who became American Staffordshire Terriers were from blood spots. So they wanted to have a dog who is strong, who is independent, who also um, is brave. So they crossed terriers and bulldogs and the bull and terrier started to exist. This was um, in England. They were very common in Staffordshire. So this is where they took the name later on. And when people moved to America in the um, in Great Britain, the blood swords already have been banned, but in the USA, they were still allowed. So 
the people took the fighting dogs with them. And there in the USA, they started to separate. There was the um, American Bull Terriers, later on the American Pit Bull Terriers. And this was the breed still used to fight. And some other people say they didn't want to have the dogs in the pit any longer. They want they want this breed, but not for blood sports anymore. So they started to create their own um, breed. And this was the origin of the American Staffordshire Terrier. But it was first um, not called that way. It was called the Staffordshire Terriers, just short, when they, um, they became a member of the uh, American Kennel Club. And later on, so the first standard was about 1936. And later on, it was that the, uh, the Staffordshire Bull Terrier and the American Staffordshire Terrier both were recognized from the American Kennel Club. So they had uh, to, to give them two separate names so everybody would know which breed was meant. And this is the time where they became the name. But to this time, there had been happening a lot to them. And we still, we can see some, some characteristics that came from long ago when they were used for fighting. So for example, the high tolerance about humans. So they later that days, fighting dogs were um, not as today used and they didn't care if they die. They had to, um, to care for them. So it was important that the dog, even if it was hurted, still, um, let the human act on him and wasn't a danger for the humans around him. And this you can see till today. So they, they have a very high tolerance around humans, but they just don't like any other dogs. So they, you have some American Staffordshire Terrier who really love other dogs, but you can also have one who doesn't like other dogs, but all of them love humans. And this is the part that stayed from this time. Um, they came back to Europe, like I said, um, as the American Staffordshire Terrier, so not anymore used for fighting um, in the 70s. And it took some, some more years till they came back to Austria, where I live. Now it is one of the 10 most common breeds in Austria. Oh, wow. Yeah, most people don't know this, but they're quite common here. Um, most mixes, but we also have, if you think about how small a country is, we have quite a lot of breeders. Um, when they took them to the USA, they um, also they took the dogs who were already mixed out of separate dogs. So uh, we not 
we not quite know every dog who was used because everyone wanted to have their own special receipt, you could say. So they didn't want anyone to know what kind of dogs they used. There were different bulldogs and different terriers. Um, for example, we know that one of the dogs who is quite used in the Raffian was the Blue Paul Terrier. But you can't say every dog who is used because everyone wanted to keep it a secret what kind of dogs they use. So um, they don't want to know the other breeders who was the best fighter and who were, um, which breeds would be the best um, combination to get a good fighting dog. Mm -hmm. When they came to the USA, they imported the dogs and that, that was the reason they wanted to have an official breed and official pedigrees because they wanted to have the dogs they had at home. Right. So when they started importing them to the USA, it's it's all um, in, sorry in my English, um, it wasn't mixing anymore. Mm -hmm. The mixing was in Great Britain most of the time. Um, I, I want to have a real terrier. So you, you should see there's a bulldog in it. You should have a big terrier, a strong terrier, but it still should be a terrier. So I'm looking for dogs who are compact, for dogs who seem strong for their, um, for their highest, uh, but still have a good movement, still can be fast, still are um, interested um, in, sorry, um, still have interest to work, still have interest to go uh, for, for some speed. Mm -hmm. Some some American Staffordshire Terriers get quite uh, big, mm -hmm. not in height, but um, I don't know the right word. They they look more like a bulldog. They look fat, and it's okay that <laughs> not all fat, but <laughs> some are fat. Yes, <laughs> some are, but um, some are getting more and more bulldog types, and I think in this in this way we. You shouldn't lose the terrier. Mm -hmm. It's okay that some like the the bulldog types more, but when you want to work with them, you you never want to lose the terrier mm -hmm. because the terrier is the one who who got fired. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the most um, the hardest part in breeding the American Staffordshire Terrier to have this two um, kind of dogs and to find the balance between them. I don't want to go too far to the terrier as well, but I don't want to go too far to the bull there, a terrier. Mm -hmm. So I am looking for, always find a, a male dog who is a little bit closer to the perfect American Staffordshire Terrier than my bitch. So for example, Sora is quite sportive. Mm -hmm. She turns um, she can turn on quite fast. So I'm looking for a dog who is still, 
um, who has the same qualities as her, as her, but is a little bit calmer than her. So I, with her, I want to go a little bit more back to the bulldog. With Tali, I'm looking for some balanced male because she's balanced as well. And that's the most important thing for me. When it comes to the looks, I like a typical head. So um, I think the head is the first thing that comes to the mind when you think about the picture of a perfect American Staffordshire Terrier. So most think about this typical head. And this is for me also something very important when I'm looking for dogs who are like. So um, I want to have the typical uh, jaw. I want to ha have a dog who's who's got a big head, but not too big, big for the body. It, sh it should still um, be one picture fitting together. And the other thing is uh, the angulations. Uh -huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, the American Staffordshire Terrier should have a good angulation. So this is very important to have this typical movement and to have uh, a dog who's quite strong and muscled and still have a movement that's soft. Mm -hmm. So I also like the, to look at the angulations. My bitches, for example, have a good angulation at the rear, but the front, the shoulder is not perfect. So this is one topic for me. I want to have it a little bit better with every generation. And I also have this with Tali and Sora because Sora is already a little bit closer to what I'm looking for than Tali was. And one, one thing that's very important for me is the pigment. Um, the American Staffordshire Terrier should not have pink eyes or so eyelids um, or a pink nose. And I want to have them really dark. So I want to have them a black nose and good eyes. So I think these are the most important things for me. But when it comes to the American Staffordshire Terrier, the thing you always have to look for is a dog who seems um, all together fitting. So it's okay if he's two centimeters too high when everything is uh, two centimeters too big, then it's okay. Mm -hmm. But I don't want a dog to have a fully body and a small head. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to get higher and higher and thinner and thinner. So this is for me, the, the thing I'm looking for is a dog who just seems to be good in itself, in the whole look. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is the character. Uh, it's just, like I said, some parts of the characteristics of the American Staffordshire Terrier um, come from a time we never want to have back again. We don't want to select our dogs like this anymore. We want never to be in the in the situation to have a dogs fighting to choose which is the best and which 
still can handle uh, distress and still be okay with humans. So we shouldn't lose this closeness to humans because if we lose it, how will, will we ever get it back? So the characters, to have a brave dog, to have a dog who will follow his humans everywhere but still has its own head, this is the the thing we should keep in mind when, when we have the American Staffordshire Terrier. Mm -hmm. they, they are terriers, they are dogs with um, their own thoughts, and if they don't want something, you can't, you can't make them do this. But if they like you, if they love you, they will follow you everywhere. They will do anything for you just because of this. And I think we shouldn't lose this. Some of them have a very high will to please. We should keep this in mind when we choose the dogs. In Austria, it's also so the, the dogs have to do a temperament test. So they are allowed to go um, in breeding programs. So um, the official thing most will know is um, Hadi, um, HD, uh, um, hip dysplasia. Uh -huh. So hip dysplasia is quite common for the American Staffordshire Terrier and some some uh, think it's it's the best way to look at how you grow them up and how you care for them and it's one important part but the other important part is just breeding and we are allowed to breed with dogs who have mild forms of hip dysplasia. So we have to be quite careful with these dogs. And I think the important thing about, about this is you, you can't just look at your dog and say, oh, I have a dog who's free from hip dysplasia. Everything's okay. You have to look, what about the siblings? What about the parents? But this is um, because everyone knows about this. I think it's a problem you can handle in the American Staffordshire Terrier. And still with mild form of hip dysplasia, they can have a great life. Um, the same counts for elbow dysplasia. Sorry, mm -hmm. <laughs> I had to look this up as well. Um, elbow dysplasia is the same. We are allowed to breed with mild forms and we should handle this with care. If we use dogs with elbow dysplasia, we have to really look what kind of other dog we use for this. In my line, the elbow dysplasia is not common. We have to look more for the hip dysplasia, but it's the same story and you have to be careful. I think the most terrible thing is the ataxia. Mm -hmm. It's an illness where they lose control about um, about the cerebellum. Um, it's it's the part of the brain which decides how how a movement has to be done. How far away is a glass I'm trying to pick up? Mm -hmm. And with this illness, it's it's quite terrible because the dogs lose these feelings and they're healthy in their minds but they can't move like they want and it's it's becoming 
more and more terrible as they grow older and you have to put down a dog who's clear in his mind but can't move as he wants but the the thing why official breeders can handle this is that we have um dna tests so we can say we can breed without ever having the risk of such a dog but it's still a problem with um people who don't care who just breed for money and not with official standards who just want to sell amstaffs there are still some cases of apexia and it's it's terrible mm-hmm. and and FCE breeders, you, you won't find this anymore. In Austria, it is, I, we have to do a DNA test. So we know that one litter can't have an affected dog. This is the most terrible health issue, but it's a health issue you can handle if you know what you're doing and if you're doing tests when you don't know if dog could be affected or could be a carrier Mm -hmm. so i think we we have a quite good um solution for this in austria Mm -hmm. then some some areas say you should um look for the heart for heart problems in austria we normally don't have heart problems and it's not so that you have to look uh, to have an ultrasound or something like that so your dog is allowed to breathe but i'm doing is be- because i know in some other countries they have problems have had problems with it but i don't know any dog who is affected i'm just doing an ultrasound from my dogs because i want to have it black and white on the paper so i know they are healthy because before they do sports and before they go into breeding mm-hmm. and the last problem is a problem many short hair dogs have um allergies mm-hmm. so as it's I don't think the the American Staffordshire Terrier have more allergies than other short-haired dogs. But when a short-haired dog has them, they have no protection. So I know some American Staffordshire Terriers with allergies, but this is as well. Most problem is with bad breeding. So the official breeders with pedigrees don't have that much allergies but like i said there are a lot of american Staffordshire terriers in us in austria who are not bred good they they're just sold for money without taking care of the health i i had a dog like this um at february this year for um because she was sold to a family which couldn't take care of her so I took her and find her a new home and they, these dogs are quite far away from the official American Staffordshire Terrier they often don't look like ours mm-hmm. they they just bred to be sold and nothing more and they have a lot of allergies so my 
my dog who was with me and now has a new home didn't have them but i know a lot and i keep this in mind with the official breeding as well because like i said they're short haired so if they have allergies it's something that really um makes a lot of problems and i also know some dogs who are from official breeders and have allergies and had them as well myself so uh this is something we should keep up in mind as well because the hard thing about this is we can't ask the other breeders to make a test so we know mm-hmm. we we just know the dog has an allergy when it has it and we see it i can't say hey i'm interested in your dog to have a breeding program with my bitch and do you have problems with allergies the other can say yes i have and be honest or could say no i don't have and i can't see if that's right or not so this is the hard part mm-hmm. with with this kind of illness but like i said i think it's it's more a, pro- a problem in bad breeding the most mm-hmm. and in the other and the official breeding we have to be honest with each other and talk to each other to get um to not get more allergies like i said the american staffordshire terrier is in a rounder so you can do nearly anything with him i know some therapy dogs mm-hmm. um who are american staffordshire terrier i know some dogs who are doing protection work. I know some dogs who are do, doing search and rescue. And um, they love, like I said, rally obedience. Many, many M-staffs love them. But there are also many M-staffs who like to pull. So not only in the, in the way that they do with weight pull, but also doing canny cross or dog scooter, dog year, um, bike gearing. Mm-hmm. They like to go out in the wild. They they like to be with families. So it's it's possible to go visit an American Staffordshire Terrier litter, and you have one dog who's perfect for protection work and just the next dog is a perfect therapy dog. Mm-hmm. They can be nearly anything. You just have to be, um, you have to look at them open-minded and see what they can do. So there are so much possibilities. I don't think there, there are much breeds who are like this. You, it's, it's hard to, to be the best at something with an American Staffordshire Terrier because um, they're not bred to be just in one category. Mm-hmm. They, they're bred to be around us and you you can do so much with them just because of this and because, like I said, they, they do anything for their humans. So if you have fun in the work with them, it's it's okay to do anything. My, my younger um dog Sora is is quite uh good with nose working so you could do with her like we do Stöbern uh, she would be quite good for tracking and she also would have a lot of fun with search and rescue 
so you have to to um and her brother her brother is mostly doing uh yerbing so they he's doing canicross which is um not as fast because the human has to walk himself but he's also doing um scooter yearing where he really gets quite fast so they they can do totally different sports mm-hmm. one of the biggest problems is that some people think they are um they're like monsters some people think in in austria some people are afraid of them just because how they look and they even say things like they they um look uh grumpy or they look like they dangerous and i think this is this is one of the biggest problems we have to face in austria we have some people who are afraid of them just because there was something in the newspaper about a dog who did something terrible who bit somebody and the people think they are aggressive against human and like i said it's the total difference it's not as if they're okay with human they really love them more than than other dogs they really um for most american staffordshire being with humans is the most important thing in the, in their life so that's uh a thing many many people get wrong but it's also the opposite there are some people who think they are just the perfect family dogs as they um as they are so they they think every american staffordshire terrier loves kids every american staffordshire terrier uh can be uh just nice so we have two total different uh pictures of this dog and the the truth is somewhere in between uh-huh. the truth is they are great dogs but they are strong they are um like i said they have their own head and you can they are no monsters but they also not fluffy toys who you can say oh he has to do this because he's an amster he loves it no some some amsterdam don't want to be hugged by children mm-hmm. for example and the biggest problem is you have these two categories and both of them think they're right and both of them like to discuss it and both make a picture of the dog who's just uh, that's just not fair because a dog is a living animal it's it has its own mind and every dog is a little bit different and so i always say i look at the dog in front of me and what they all have in common is they should be brave they should um they should follow their human but that doesn't mean that they have to accept anything and that doesn't mean they have to um they have to be okay with some things like for example getting hugged getting um have to be with 
kids' clothes. My dogs love it, but the, the, this doesn't mean every Amstaff loves it. In uh, in Europe, there is sometimes this thing that the people call the nanny dogs, mm-hmm. and it's it's also it's not okay to put them in this picture and say they have to do like uh, they have to be like this. So I think this concept of monster and the concept of the perfect family dog both are not good for them. Both are not the the truth and both are not fair for the dog. Mm-hmm. And the another thing I really hate when people think about Amstaff is uh, that some say they have to uh, you have a, you need to have a strong hand to uh, control an American Staffordshire Terrier. So some people are um, they are like bullies to the dogs and say he needs a beard because he's an Amstaff. So they they're not acting nice, uh, violent, mm-hmm. and say it's okay because he's he's an Amstaff and he needs it, and that's just not right. Do you, you have to be clear with an Amstaff? You have to, um, you have to uh, educate your dog. You have to train your dog so it, it knows how to behave. But you don't have to be violent. You don't have to be um, like like um, hurt your dog to get it to do what what you want. I'm doing protection work with Zora, and it's in the FCE. You have to uh, do um, protection work with some sequences and the dog is just allowed to bite in um, uh, like a kind of sleeve. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is quite controlled and you have to do um, track working and you have to do, uh, I don't know the word for it, where you have to do heel work and things like that. Obedience. Obedience, thank you. Yeah. Obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have three categories, and the dog has to do every three, so it's allowed to do a test. And um, we work when we do protection work. We don't do it so the dog could really protect you. We do it for sports, and we um, work with bait. So the dog is not. Uh, put into a situation where he feels uncommon and has to bite to get out of it. We are working out of bait, we are working out of um, fun for the dogs. Mm-hmm. So I know some people are doing it different when they do this kind of, of sport, but I like this way the most because I think it's it's um, the dog feels good when doing the sport with me. Mm-hmm. and. I'm feeling good as well. I, will, I don't want to teach the dog when it, um, when we do this, he has to be uncomfortable and then he bites and then it will be better. Mm-hmm. You have 
um, this way of working with the dog where it's just it's having fun. It wants to it wants to have the bait, and then you just use the bait in protection work. And when the dog feels good about this, then we're doing work where um, where it is uh, it won't feel that well anymore. Where um, this this some um, some sequence where the dog gets attacked so uh where the dog has to stand up and is okay with someone being loud and going on for them but we'll do this when the dog feels safe about the work so we don't work for protection work like the dog could protect me in my home or something like that or like police dogs we're doing it just out of this special situation and um so it's a little bit different from a, a true protection dog mm -hmm. because it's more uh, just this fun and bait side and in austria in some areas you're even not allowed to have a true protection dog so you have to um separate these two things in austria a little bit which is sport and which is actually um protecting right I, I like um, when you have uh, an Bergen Shepherd, for example, they got very high drive and they they really um, total into work. And that's good. That's, I love this. But uh, I know many dogs who have a problem with coming down again or a problem with um, letting go the bait um, to leave from the bait mm -hmm. and in this in this kind the american Staffordshire terrier most american Staffordshire terriers i know um they they do quite easy with letting go so this this is one of the parts i like about them they they have a high drive as well they can uh go go for it as well but um, I know many American Staffordshire Terriers who calm down much more easier. And this is one of the parts I like about them. And to be honest, the best working dogs I know are Shepherds. But I don't want to just work with them. I want them, I want the dog to be with me in my family as well. I want the dog to, when we go out, um, Sora is showing her bait to everyone who's standing outside and she would give it to anyone who's outside and if there's a little kid standing she would bring the the bait to this kid as well and yoohoo let's play again and this is the part I really love at them and some shepherds are like this as well but the American Staffordshire Terrier is more so nearly every M staff I know is like this but just some shepherds are like this mm -hmm. and this is one of the things i love at, at the american Staffordshire terrier and it's a little bit also um which line you prefer because there are lines who are uh, which are much better at working the minds on mm -hmm. so the ruffian and white rock which i have they they're not just for working. They 
like I said, and then the Doranda. Mm -hmm. So there, there would be some lines with, which are more working dogs, which are, which have a higher drive. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I really love at the Amstaff, if they have it, not every Amstaff has it, but many, many have a high will to please. So they give you the feeling uh, they just want to do this to, um, so you like what they are doing. Mm -hmm. They are like, have I done this right? Um, let's do it again. Mm -hmm. And this, these things I love when working with them. There are some dog schools in Austria who still think that doing protection work with American Staffordshire Terrier will make them aggressive, but the people I know, the people with which I'm doing some trainings or which I meet at, um, at uh, seminars, mm -hmm. I don't know if this is the right, yeah. um, they are not like this. So I know some, um, some uh, people who are training protection work and are breeding shepherds themselves and they never had any problem when I said I would be interested in doing this with my Amstaff too. Mm -hmm. So there are many, many people who say it's a sport you can do with any dog and it's okay to do it with, with our breed as well. But there are some people, even in this area, who have the problems with an American Staffordshire Terrier doing protection work. And even some dog schools uh, say that they are not allowing American Staffordshire Terrier in any sportive area. Mm -hmm. So I even know people who, who've been told they are not to join puppy class with their American Staffordshire Terrier. It's most of the people are okay with it, but some still have this um, prejudice against the breed. Right. And you feel this in in dog sports as well. Um, I'm at the moment. I'm thinking about uh, with with Tali to do the the. Um, the test for a therapy dog. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about doing this with her because she, like I said, they're, they're so close to humans. So I think about doing this with her for sometimes in the last year. And now I'm, I want to take a look at it and talk with a trainer in this area if she would be good for this. And if she thinks Tali suits this work, I'm thinking about doing this, but still um, do dog spots with her as well, because I think um, she she's a dog who needs both. So I don't think she would be happy with just being a therapy dog or just being a family dog. Mm -hmm. She loves being a family dog, but she needs something else. So it would be, something we do um, next to the things we're already doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think with, with Sora, I think about doing Scooter Jöring as well, because she has so much fun with 
doing this pool work but mm. at the moment we have a lot to do with the things we're already doing so <laughs> it's just not enough time for it but i think she would love it i, I think um it's important to to have some um some exchange because I love many, many American Stafford Chatterias uh, in the USA. Mm -hmm. And it's good to have some imports. Um, but at the moment we, we have um, in Austria, we can't use uh, frozen semen from the UK that easy. So I think the exchange would be the best if it's possible. Mm -hmm. But I also love many Austrian American Staffordshire Terriers, mm -hmm. and I like some Italian, which are breeding ruffians, quite good. And I also love some from the Netherlands. So the, the father of my litter will be from the Netherlands. And for me, it's more important to take a look at the line. So like I said, I'm breeding um, ruffian and white rock dogs. So I I want to have the right, um, right line, breeding mm -hmm. line, and there would be some really great dogs in the USA I'd love to use, mm -hmm. but <laughs> it's the problem with the different distance between us. Right, yeah, for sure. What is your favorite little small lap dog? The, the French Bulldog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love French Bulldogs. I love how they act with humans. I love how they read humans. Uh -huh. It's like a little bit like the American Staffordshire Terrier. They're reading humans like an open book, and yeah. I really love this. Yeah, they too. are quite fun. I know one French Bulldog who's living with American Staffordshire Terriers uh -huh. because it's owned by the daughter of an American Staffordshire Terrier owner, and she's quite cool. Yeah. She's a really, really um, brave dog with between these big dogs, and she's in there, and she's the big chef. Yeah. 